Yo, what's going down? You're on the recovery podcast. Who is you, caller? What's up? What's up? What's up? How's it going, man? Good. Just uh, trying to be in the moment. Yeah, how's that working for you? It's all right. I mean, the mind always does its thing, as always, but... As long as I can just stop and look at it as something that's that I'm doing, not necessarily what I am. Okay, kind of, okay. I like that. Explain this to me a little bit. What does this mean? <laughs> oh, dude, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is really hard. It makes oh. me so mad when people like are so like proud of themselves for quitting something that's not alcohol or weed and it's just like shut up i know i mean to a degree it's like it's better like yeah you're not like living daily with a needle in your arm robbing people you know you're not you're not about to die on a regular basis like cool you know but let's not walk around preaching recovery because your example of recovery is getting fucked up all the time still so it's like, be cool with quitting what you quit. Like, be proud of that all day. Like, I'm not knocking that. But don't be acting like you're clean. Oh, I'm clean three years. Let's go get fucked up. Like, what? Mm-hmm. No, I, what, to me, what being clean is, is um, just essentially when you don't do anything that's consciousness, like, altering to right. a certain degree. I mean, like, caffeine is a little bit of consciousness altering but like anything that's any more powerful than that it's like if you need something to alter your mood that means that you haven't you know figured it out yet yeah i mean i feel like there's levels one guy he was in recovery from like heroin pill type stuff But he still smoked weed, but he quit smoking cigarettes because he felt like that was more of an addictive trait to him. And he like basically went off on me one day. He used to come to meetings and shit. He's a cool dude. And then I think he just got defensive because he admitted he smoked weed because I was thinking about roommating with him when I first broke up with Hannah in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And then he like, well, I just got to let you know, you know, I do have a grow house in my house. And I'm like, wait, what? So then he, I didn't say anything about it. I was just kind of like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And then he's just like, well, to me, you know, someone who smokes cigarettes isn't clean because blah, 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 blah. And he's just going on this hyper because he's really hyper, dude. Hyper rant, like defensive. I'm like, bro, I didn't fucking say anything, man. Like, do you, man, go smoke. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't feel, I guess I feel like, everyone's definition is so different that's like someone who who becomes vegan they get all preachy and holier than thou because the next person still eats meat or when someone you know gets a hybrid then they're like oh well you're still driving gas guzzlers it's like you gotta just be okay with what you're doing because yes caffeine is a drug nicotine is a drug they do alter moods not to the extent of narcotics obviously because that's like way altering you know, but you just have to be as long as your life isn't unmanageable and you're content with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, you know, the people that go from like 
you know, using IV drugs to just smoking weed all day. Do I think they're sober? Like, no. Do I, do I want to live that life? Like, no, but you know, they're, they're just a little dazed out, you know, and if they're okay, who am I to say? But let's just not blur the line of what clean means. Say you're in recovery. Cool. You are. But like, you're not clean, you know? Well, I don't know if you're still smoking weed, you're not in recovery. I don't think, um, because you're just gonna like use that all the time to make yourself feel better because a person that is a, like has an addiction for something, they're going to have addiction for anything that makes them feel different than what they feel. So they're, they're just constantly using weed as an escape goal to from themselves and from how they feel, you know? I do. And I would agree on a personal level. Yeah. So what about someone who goes from using heroin um, to using like Suboxone or Methadone? It's just, but then it's just a matter of time before they relapse back to what they were doing. Before. What if they're just using that as a as a stepping stool to get sober? Well, from my experience, all the people I've seen do that, they just go back to what they were doing before. But that's just what I've seen. And, you know, maybe I don't have a very wide range of perspective. So maybe I'm just talking from my own little world. Yeah. I and mean, maybe there are people out there that you know are able to but i just i just think that like for me personally i guess if i when i got clean i mean i had to do it, it's I, i'm like an all or nothing type person right so if i i either do all of the things or i don't do any of the things Right. And if I end up doing one little thing, it's just going to make me feel like, oh, well, if I am allowing myself to do this, then I'm just going to allow myself to do all of this. So I know that if I go back to smoking cigarettes, I'm going to, knowing my mind, my mind is going to tell me, oh, you've relapsed on cigarettes. Well, then you can relapse on everything else. So even if smoking cigarettes doesn't put you in a, completely unmanageable state of life but everything else would yeah it it has nothing to do with like how that how unmanageable that substance makes my life it has to do with the way the brain like operates i guess for for me personally i'm just saying like the brain is like oh you've already fucked up kind of thing even though it's not even really a fuck up but um then you just might as well go all out kind of thing, you know? So do you only relate that to substances or do you also relate that to behaviors too? Behaviors, yeah, everything. So, hmm. So if you would kind of behaviorally relapse to like an unhealthy dating pattern or something, would you consider that a relapse? You know, in a way, yeah, um, because 
I've actually had, you know, that experience not too long ago. And the way I felt, I straight up felt withdrawals, like (laughs) cold, just like, you know, like it was bad and it made me feel like shit. So it's an emotional relapse. I mean, with things that are emotional, you can have emotional drugs and you can have emotional relapses because you get that very, very sudden, like emotional charge from a person, even though they're like really bad for you, but you go back to them and you get that sudden like charge and it charges you up, but then you have a really hard calm down because that person is still that shitty person. Exact same way as a drug. You first have that come up where you feel super high, but then it goes low because it's a drug and it's crap. You you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you like kind of continue patterns with that person knowing like, okay, this isn't working yet. Yep. You, oh, just one more time or this will be different or, or whatever. Yep, you I mean, do it for that. You do it just for that high. <laughs> for sure. Straight up. So like back to the recovery thing. This is how I personally choose to look at recovery. So recovery is like a timeline. We'll say negative 10 to zero to positive 10 you know as to where like the bottom of the spectrum actually probably just outside the spectrum where you're not even in recovery is when you're just doing what you do you're not thinking about getting clean even if you're thinking Mm -hmm. about it you're just doing whatever you're doing if you quit drug a and b but don't quit drug c and d i feel like you are in recovery you're in a form of recovery you're just not all the way clean yet so you're at like a negative eight and then if you get down just smoking weed you know you're at like a negative two depending on how functional your life is and then abstaining just completely abstaining no program no nothing is the zero to where like okay someone in na wouldn't even say you're clean because to be clean you need to be working a program like that's part of their definition in their language so I try to consider NA definition of clean when I talk about clean, AA definition of sober when I talk about sober, because that's like the dominant language pieces, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> someone could abstain from everything and be a miserable dry drunk, and they probably wouldn't live a great life because they're still ruled by their lack of coping skills and all that. Someone could quit doing heroin, crack, and freaking alcohol because it was killing them, smoke weed regularly, but work a program, you know, where do they fall? You know what I mean? To where they're not just escaping reality all the time. They're not just coping, running to the joint every time they have a problem or every time to feel like themselves. I I don't know. Like, for me weed is a relapse because i become a zombie i don't know if alcohol would be a relapse if i chose to drink but i'm sure within a matter of time i'd make it a problem that's why i choose not to do it yeah because everything is just um you know a matter of time but like no i really like that scale that you just made um thank you because that kind of (laughs) It's patented. That kind Thank of, you. 
all original. Wow, content. you're just just amazing. Like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, that reminds me of when I first got out of rehab, and I didn't work the program, and I thought I was so freaking awesome for you know not abstaining from drugs and alcohol, but I feel like it's almost equivalent to me. What I was doing was almost equivalent to me smoking like weed every day, all day, because what I did was go, I would wake up at six in the morning, go to work, then go to the gym, go back, go to my second job and then go to the gym again and then pass out. And I did that every single day for like four months until I was just lost my mind. And then, um, if, and thought me losing my mind was, you know, me having to just get out of, you know, upper Michigan and move downstate, trying to run away from myself even farther right. and which I did. So I think essentially it all boils down to how much you're willing to face yourself. So maybe, you know, it's not until you're like, and says that you're like clean is when you start working the program, working the steps, because then you're really facing who you are. So I think the level of recovery, the the um, the scale is, you know, I'm running away from myself completely to I am here with myself. I accepted myself. I love myself. Um, you know, just stuff like that. That's what I hate sometimes is the thoughts, and I know it wouldn't work out like this because. I me is not as present, patient, or mindful as sober me. But then there's times where I'm like, well, if I just relapse, but I worked a program, you know, I'll just make sure I don't escape reality and I'll just keep being yeah. positive. And, you know, and I'm like, nah, bro, like you're going to be a walking dark cloud and you already know it. Like, Mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna have no patience there is no just for today when you run out of drugs you're not just gonna sit with a bad day with drugs in the other room and not choose not to do them you're not gonna like talk out an altercation with your girl with a productive way where you hold back your tongue and you know don't stoop to a level you're gonna be like fuck you i'm going to get my shit man i'll be back like fuck you i already know me i already know me Right. And it's just like, I used to think like, there's like two things inside of me, like the addict, me and the real me or whatever. But then thinking about like the whole, there's my ego, and then there's the deeper I. So essentially, the addict I was always relating to was that ego. And when we like go to meetings, or not even just like meetings, but anything that we read that keeps us in check about who we are because we tend to forget like our ego will try to push that out because it doesn't want to see itself as something that's so quote unquote normal or whatever the more time you give the ego to feel insignificant the more it's going to try to push those things away and the more you slip back into your old habits so i feel like it goes the same way. Like if we, you know, if we don't like attend a meeting and if we don't hear about ourselves, if we're not reminded, 
you know, the serenity prayer and who is an addict and why are we here? Why, why, why do they have those readings in the beginning every time is to remind us every time. And so it'll take control and it'll try to do everything in its power to save itself. And same with thoughts, same with the mind and the ego is the more you let your mind run, like the more it's going to run you. And so. I feel like the ultimate ego is when I'm on autopilot, like when I'm either completely on autopilot, unaware that, you know, I'm basically just in the groove or when I just overly identify with my thoughts. Therefore, like I used to be run by them. Like if I had a dark thought, a paranoid thought or just a dark opinion, you know, I was stuck in my own point of view. Like there was no getting out of it. There was no like, huh this is just a thought or this is, you know, you're just upset right now. And this thought that you feel so strongly right now, because you're thinking about this person that wronged you, or you're thinking about this situation that's making you relive these thoughts and feel these emotions is just temporary because you're choosing to focus on it. Like as to where, whereas like yesterday you had a great day because you weren't thinking about this event yet. That event was still in the same part of your past while of a sudden today are you consumed by these thoughts and feeling all this negative energy like that's where i get to now where i'm like you know i wake up in a shitty mood i think about what sucks in life and i'm just like feeling so much of it and i'm like damn you know but i'm able to step back and be like wow my thoughts are out of control today and it doesn't just go away i don't just feel like walking on sunshine right after but mm-hmm. i'm at least able to not dig myself deeper and just burrow in the fucking dirt like I used to because I'd act I'd be like and then you know at the end of my little rant I would look back and be like what an asshole like why you know now I I don't feel justified at all anymore I don't know it's hard though it's a hard concept to grasp like it's I think when I first read about this shit I was just ready I was ready for an answer so bad that I was like, this makes sense. And I could step back and look at all the parts of my life it made sense in. And I was like, holy shit, this is so freeing to know, not even to the point like, oh, it's not my fault. Like I'm not responsible for my ego or my thoughts, but more like, oh, this is really what's going on. So let me be aware of this. Then when I fuck up in a situation and I'm just being a dick or or I'm just too focused on something i'm like oh that's what they're talking about let me just let me just step back for a minute and say nothing oh we want to get in a debate about trump right now i don't need to speak on this you know what i mean let me just chill out but i can't force myself to sit in it either i can't sit and listen to people's shit either like me being around strong egos drives me nuts i cannot just sit there and observe everything because I just feel like I want to fucking get out of there. Like, it's hard to explain. I feel the energy and I don't like it. Well, maybe ask yourself why it's uh, why it's giving you such a strong reaction. Because, you know, there's a reason why you have a strong reaction to it. Whether it's, you know, hate or whatever it is. But um, I was thinking, like, you know, our minds, God gave us... or I mean, the the source or whatever you want to call it. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't the God podcast. 
I, I don't know what to call it. The higher power, um, power greater than ourselves. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Whatever um, you guys want to call it, it's all the same thing. Well, I'm gonna get hated. That's, that. We were, we have minds. It's meant to be used as a tool. And so initially when we got this tool, we just like started abusing it. Basically we constantly wanted to be inside of that tool because we could do anything with our mind. We could travel in time to past to the future. We can imagine things. We can fantasize inside of it. And humans are like, whoa, this is cool. And I want to use this all the time. And then eventually they became it and identified with it because, you know, what's better than that? But then we completely lost touch of what it's like to, you know, not be part of it, to enjoy life outside of it. And so, um, yeah, it's better to... Like, I, I know my first thing that I thought about against it was that if I am not in my, if I'm not in my head, if I'm not using my thoughts, my mind, if I'm not thinking, then I'm literally like a vegetable and I'm just sitting there and just not having any intellect or whatever. But whenever actually it's completely the opposite because whatever is, outside the mind is much more powerful it's much more more intelligent i guess i should say and wise it has so much wisdom because well we have wisdom the original us um because we the way we view things outside of our minds is that we're all part of each other we're all united and the mind divides essentially and I've been actually feeling, I've been actually able to catch myself lately um, in the moments where I get things that make me extremely angry um, before, I mean, once that thought starts coming in of that pure anger and rage, I catch myself at the moment of like, okay, so I either let this anger get out of control or I step back away from it. If I let this anger get out of control, I'm going to feel whole. I'm going to feel in power. I'm going to feel like I have something to identify with, that like I have something. But then I'm like, wait, but if I don't and I step away, then I have nothing. Wait, this nothing. Oh my God, this is it. This is peace this is love, this is light, you know, and I'm not empty, actually. And I, I feel even more whole stepping outside of that, stepping outside of the identification, because I don't need to identify with anything, because I am the way that I am without any identification, if that makes sense. No, so. it, does. it does. I mean, like, with the whole arguing thing, is you know we talked about it before but it's like you're just arguing to be right because the need to be right is so like damn near primal in us you know it's it's just one of those things where it's a fight we have like such instincts to fight and 
you know, I've had uh, this. I'm gonna wrap like ten theories into one here, where I, I had this theory a while back, where since humans are basically like some form of animal, you know what I mean? Like we have primal instincts from like back in the day where we need to hunt and gather food. We need a mission. We need to go for it because me hungry, me go get food, me good, right? <laughs> me want the booty, me got the booty. I'm good. And <laughs> for real. And nowadays we have like a fridge full of food. We have no like weather, you know, threats. We have walls in our, inside of our houses where, you know, wild animals aren't just going to get us for the most part. And this doesn't go for everybody, obviously, but for the most part, we have nothing to worry about. Our needs are met and we are trying to fill the fulfill these like instincts we have with arguments, with bullshit. Like we just have to fight. We need something, you know, like if you've ever noticed when you're hungry or you're tired and I mean like dead hungry, dead tired, you're not thinking about nothing else. I am starving. Mm -hmm. I need to eat. Don't care about what so-and-so said to me yesterday. I don't care about what Julie said to me about my blue dress that I love. You know, you just, I need food. That's all I'm focused on. I'm not worried about the past or the future. I need food. But when we have all our needs met, you know, that's why they say people who like win the lottery are like deeply depressed within a year because they have no mission. They have no fire mm -hmm. to like get up and do shit. They're just like, now what? And that's why I like, don't ever really want to be rich because I mean, I feel like if I had money nowadays, I would do things with them, like start a rehab, you know, maybe go try to be like a speaker, write a book. Um, but I would hate to have nothing to do because you're always going to get to that place. Like now what, you know, and just, I don't know. Like, that's just, that's why people like end up retiring and then they die, you know, not too long after because they have nothing to do. They have no like life in them left. So I just hope like, I don't want to struggle forever, but I definitely hope I'm always geared towards a mission instead of being so comfortable that I can wake up and be like, eh, just don't feel like it. And then just always feel like that. You know? Well, yeah, and I I think that the I mean you have like internal purposes slash missions and external purposes slash missions and I I feel like before you get to the external, like you know, money making or you know, career success, big house, whatever, you gotta fulfill like the inner purpose. And I think essentially our whole purpose, all of us, is to reach a point where we're okay with no matter what happens where we're at. So like, because I'm always think I'm always waiting, you know, I'm waiting till I graduate from college. I'm waiting till I move. I'm waiting till the weekend. I'm waiting till this class is over. I'm waiting till I'm in my car jamming to my music and waiting till the meeting, you know, and that's, I don't know. I just feel like constantly us living in the state of waiting is kind of miserable, I feel. And have you ever heard of should... destination addiction? 
It's, it sounds like something that would. Yeah, it sounds so, familiar. It's like a meme I've seen on the Tidy Bo- Tiny Buddha um, Facebook page I've shared before, and it always sticks out. Basically, just des- it describes exactly what you're saying. It says, beware of destination addiction, a preoccupation with the idea that happiness is in the next place, the next job, and with the next partner. Until you give up that the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. That's by Robert. Yeah. Because, like, we are trying to live inside of, like, time, like, either the future or the past like oh the future is better or the past will be better or the past was way better so i feel like hopefully one day we get to a point where we all just learn to like legitimately live in the now like just no matter where we're at just make the bet the most and the best out of every single moment we're in you know just no matter what the moment is i feel like because there's never really anything. Mis- I mean, even if you're like at work, I guess. If you are present and aware in the moment, you can like, you can even like love what you're doing, you know? Oh, yeah. If you really focus on what you're doing, you actually enjoy it. I even did that I mean, at Walmart. I worked- like instead of just sitting there counting the clock, waiting to leave, those days take forever. Just get lost yeah. in what I'm doing. and whatever like i don't have to love it but i just have to be there and it just flies by you could find purpose in anything you know right exactly you want to hear something like i work in um (laughs) sorry go ahead we don't have to work on that yeah we do (laughs) or we'll just leave it go ahead what were you saying I was just saying, like, I work in IT and I, um, before I would just, you know, just wait for, like, from phone call to phone call. And then on the phone call, my mission is to get off the phone with the customer as soon as fast as possible. But now that I'm, you know, practicing awareness, practicing presence, I've actually feel like I want to help the person. What? I feel at one I feel at one with the person and I I my mission is to make sure that they get all the help they need before I get off the phone with them. And then in between phone calls I you know either do some like mini projects that our boss throws at us or um like homework or whatever so it's kind of nice well that's good and it would be it would be so much better if everybody had that type of attitude instead of just let me just do it the quickest fastest way so i could be done you know and and then in turn not even doing it to begin with you know what i mean right oh yeah i feel you there so anyway this is kind of a weird thing you know it touches back on being in the present because like i literally used to live anywhere but drugs were the only way i i felt i could get present to where i wasn't you know in such pain over my past or i wasn't stressed about the future or even me if you want to take it a step further hypothetical timelines where 
well, if I would have did this back then, I would be here now. All my fantasies that I truly just held really tight onto. So I used to like, I've literally had this thought so many times in my addiction. Where you ever see them people who are just like, duh. You know what I mean? Like they just don't seem (laughs) to think. Like not that they're stupid, but they're just not deep at all. They seem to just be like zero thought in their head. Like they are present always. And I used to be like, I fucking envy that. Like I envy your lack of imagination. And I envy how you are just so not thinking about all the shit I think about. Like I was jealous. I literally, I'm not even joking, have thought about fucking injuring myself in the head to get like some type of brain injury. So one, I could forget the past and two, I could just not think like, I didn't want to be a vegetable, but I definitely wanted to lose like 80 IQ points. I don't even know if that's a lot just to be like relieved of the fucking burden that can be my mind. Uh, It's just a scary thought to have like, Yeah, and I'm so grateful to have things like mindfulness that can help me use my, I I feel like I have a gifted brain, you know, like Mm -hmm. to use that rather than be used by it. Yeah, use it as a tool. Yeah. Yeah, the reason why, you know, we're we were or still are but um we use drugs on the regular is, is to that wait we that still are to... we still are using drugs on the regular <laughs> you ain't <laughs> still telling me to do that i was about to say used to be addict oh, but okay. we will never stop being addict no matter so how, how do you feel about when it comes to stigma calling yourself an addict did it bother you at first did it did it have like a negative connotation to it where like you felt extra shameful or a, you know you didn't want to say that or label yourself that or what um so okay i'm a very <laughs> special case because um i know a lot of people did, did not like calling themselves addicts ever um but even after recovery but um I started a very, very young age, like 15. And it was the only thing that I managed to accomplish was learn how to use drugs and sell them. And calling myself an addict was almost like, oh, yeah, I have something to identify with because I could not call I could not call myself anything else. Hmm. I just did not know what else to identify with because there's nothing that I've accomplished. I felt like there's nothing that, you know, I felt like give, gave me a purpose to live besides that throughout. So. Yeah. It's almost like I'd rather be a popular villain than a unknown hero or something, you know? Yeah, so I never really had a problem. And I still, I've learned, I mean, it's all about accepting yourself, like period, for the way that you just are. I mean, I don't know if, like, if somebody were to call me 
like back when I was, you know, heavier, somebody like called me fat. It's like, yeah, you know, I am fat. And I just, I either accept it or I don't, but accepting is better. I don't know. Well, even if, okay. Okay. Different word. Like if they called me overweight, people have a hard time accepting themselves for being overweight because it's hard. And so overweight is worse than being called fat. It's the same thing. I'm just using a different term. Oh, well, people Um, are so sensitive nowadays. That's kind of why I brought it up because everybody's so damn sensitive nowadays anyway. You know, that, yeah. that they, they don't want to hear anything. One, I mean, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. People, you know, I don't necessarily like it when people go out of their way to be like, hey, you got a lot of gray hair. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, what's your point in mm-hmm. saying this? So, like, I don't get mad that I have it or, or, like, walk around with shame because of it. I could do something about it. But sometimes it's like, why you got to say it? You know what I mean? So like calling someone fat, it's like, okay, what is your point here? You know what I mean? I feel like that's where some defenses can come from. It's not unless someone was pulling you aside, like, hey, you know, I'm concerned about you, you know, because it's an issue or a point of concern. It's like, otherwise, you're just trying to be a dick or what, bro? Like, what's up? Right? Well, yeah, like, um, I just I'm just saying, like, even when somebody is not being a dick and they would just call you like overweight, it, it hurts on the inside and no matter what. But it's like it's not until that you accept yourself and, you know, somebody's saying that doesn't bother you because then after self-acceptance comes change of yourself. You know, it's yeah. not until that you can accept a part of yourself that you can change it. If you don't accept something that is you, then you're not going to do anything about it because technically it's not there. I mean, it wasn't until I accepted myself as being an addict that I started seeking help when I truly accepted myself like, Hey, yeah, I have a problem and I can never ever have like one drink. I can never have, you know, take like one hit of something and be done with it because yeah so and after accepting that was I able to be like okay so now that I know who I am I know that I can't do this on my own because you know I'm sorry but like most addicts like they can't get clean on their own um so yeah that's definitely a lot harder but don't you think a lot of that comes along with like self accept, like not just self acceptance, but like coming to terms with that yourself? Like somebody calling me fat isn't necessarily going to prime me to say, you know what, I need to make changes. But me admitting to myself, like, hey, you're putting on the pounds there, you know, then it can inspire some type of, you know, desire to change. Just like I feel like that's it, what like, self acceptance is, though. Right. Yeah. I guess I, I've seen a lot of people over the years just want to not say like, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm an addict. They want to say I'm a person in recovery or they want to say something. And people just think it's such an ugly word, which maybe it is if you're going by a traditional image of it. But at the same time, how will that image ever get, you know, I don't know. I just, when it comes to st- stigma and all this, like, fucking pc like t- 
talk where we can't say anything because somebody's offended. I feel like the people who are offended are the ones who are afraid to admit what they are or just because it's like a big shame factor. And I, I sympathize, but it's just like, you can't say shit nowadays because everybody gets offended. Like abuse is the new one where it's like, you can't say drug abuse because then it, it just is an ugly word and makes people feel like they're abusive or something. It's like, what the fuck do you want to call it? Like, Wow, I haven't heard that one even. That's Oh, that's the big one. That's what I want to talk to Casey about because I just feel like the line constant. So check this out. We got a group email, right? Of um, We got a group email. In the email, they were addressing stigma language. Put new stigma language in there. And I said, watch to one of the, one of the girls in the email. I said, watch this. I bet you anything someone's going to have a problem with something here. In the <laughs> same email, like, responses, somebody had pointed out another thing that was offensive. And I said, boom, I told you, like, it's never going to stop. You're going to put misuse. Then someone's going to come along and be like, well, why are you saying I misused it? I'm just this. Oh, okay. Well, um, you, whatever. Like, the the line just keeps getting pushed. Instead of just being like, you're a fucking addict, man. Like, it's cool. It's not that big of a deal. Like, we can soften what that image is by living as recovering addicts, but we can't soften it if we keep addict an ugly word and we make a new word that everybody else then gets offended by. Then we make a new word. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's just this PC shit that, that just pushes the line all the way. And it's just like, we're letting the, the sensitive, broken people define this language like bro sack it up like you're not an addict cool like don't be one it's all good like i don't i don't know i just i feel like the people i guess i brought it up because i feel like the people who are so they put so much power into these words are the same ones who don't necessarily look at the issues they just want to feel more comfortable you know what i mean yeah, exactly. It's all about just like, it, it's like uh, that um, freaking everybody is a winner, you know, everybody yeah. got something for trying, you know, it's not, I don't really agree with that sort of thing where, you know, just, just make sure you don't hurt anybody's feelings. Because if somebody's feelings are getting hurt, then there's like a reason for that. And maybe you should look inside of maybe that person should like look inside of themselves why they're having that reaction to something because right. you know if before there's certain things that people would say to me like somebody you know somebody called me stupid when i was little you know and that messed me up so then i had to make sure that i would seem smart to people but now right after I've accepted myself and got to know myself, if somebody were to call me stupid, I would just be like, you know, I know I'm not like the smartest person, but I'm also not the dumbest person. I'm just like probably average intellect. And it would not make me feel any sort of way. It really wouldn't. And if somebody were to call me fat right now, it would not make me feel any sort of way because I know who I am, I know my self-worth, and I know that 
I look good because <laughs> I've been <laughs> dieting and exercising. I know I'm not fat. So it's all about <laughs> self-worth. It's all about what you think of yourself, essentially, deep inside. I don't know what you're talking about being fat because you are like the farthest thing from it. I've never like looked at you and been like, oh, you look fat or thick or but then again even me though like i put on probably like 10 15 pounds since i quit like walmart when i was like busting ass doing shit every day to working at the hospital where i'm just sitting on ass every day um I, i'm still thin like if i got clothes on you know what i mean like i don't look fat as like you could compare to someone else who has like a bulging gut or big thick legs and arms you know what i mean but like I've definitely put on some weight and compared to my old self, got a little more cushion. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's everybody's definition is a little different. And yeah, I mean, you just, I, I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't call it fat, but, but yeah, like kind of going on what you were saying, like once you know yourself, it don't matter. Like the point is to get to where you know yourself enough. Yeah. We'll never all know ourselves a hundred percent, but to where like flattery and insults don't have any effect on you because you already know who you are. So someone can be like, Oh my God, Steven, you are like God's gift to the world. You are the most handsome and smartest person. You are just everything. I'd be like, okay, like don't let that boost me because them saying it doesn't make me any different than I am. As if the next person was like, you are just a big piece of shit. You think you soldier sobriety fucking better than everyone you think you're mr fucking enlightened like yeah okay like because i've gotten both you know what i mean like i can't tell you how many times like i i fucking am not anywhere near any type of spiritual like being you know but compared to my old self and with the amount of intention it takes for me to navigate through altercations arguments you know, resist the shit talk, you know, try to just keep some type of a fucking positive motivation. I put a lot of effort in sometimes with certain people. And yet, if I act human at all, get called like this <laughs> enlightenment fraud. <laughs> it's like, bitch, I'm fucking human, man. Like, oh, my God. But you can't neglect you. You can't just discard the fact that I, I have good areas in that department because, like, these people saying it, like, you knew me and you knew, like, there was zero chill before. Like, I'd go there and I, now I don't go there. Sometimes I still want to go there. Like, my mind will still go there. I will still think of that slick shit talk response. I will still think of the exact words to make you fucking cry. I just don't say them. You know, and the impulse is there to do it sometimes where I'm especially when people test me and I'm like, oh, you don't even know, like, mm -hmm. at it. Come on. But I'm just like, what is this going to solve? Do I want to be that person? Do I want to let this person who's stuck in their shit make me become that person? I'm good. Like, uh, I've mastered the non response lately. I just don't say shit. And it's hard to do. <laughs> no, I definitely feel that because you want to, the reason why before we had to was because that, you know, ident identification that we have to be a certain way. We have to live up to a certain standard. 
and um, we have to not be vulnerable and we have to be in power. So we have to say something, you know, but we get we can get to a point where we learn that that's not what's important. You know, what's important is our peace. It's the most important piece, no pun intended, of us is our peace. Oh, but what I was going to say also is um, whenever somebody has like any sort of negativity towards you, I kind of um, started visualizing this like, I don't know, like um, like an energy field for myself that um, it's kind of like it bounces off of me and back onto them. But like in a, in a way that, you know, like if somebody is saying is calling me a piece of shit and just going off, like you are such a bitch, you suck. I just kind of watch it like happen. And like, just looking at the reasons why they would do that. What is going on inside of them that is causing them to want to act like this towards a person for, you know, what reasons. And they're, they're the ones who are hurting right now more than me because I'm not letting these words get to me because like I said, I know my worth and I know I'm not a piece of shit. I mean, I can be sometimes, but not that terribly, but, um, and so they must be feeling like shit to have to say stuff like that to make themselves feel better. They can't find any other way to feel better. The only way to raise themselves up is to bring someone else down. Exactly. Make them feel like they're up. Yeah. Everything, uh, everything everyone does is a projection. Yeah. Somebody literally like when they, when I've had people come at me, for certain things they are literally and it's not always sometimes people can genuinely be upset at you and and it can be valid but like most of the time people's energy is coming from a place of hurt and a big part of a hole from themselves you know what i mean like they are just projecting either their stuff onto you like there's probably even times where i trip on my ex over her choices because i'm projecting to my old self you know, or I'm projecting to the self I resent in myself, you know, my triggers and my fears or whatever. Like now when you're like kind of blinded and projecting, you don't know what you're doing. You are morally just putting your negative energy on someone else because it's in you and you don't want it. And man, when you can do what, like what you're doing, keep your field and just not participate, they keep their energy. Like, I don't know if you've ever known, I've experienced this myself, where someone is just pissed, you know, mostly a girlfriend, (laughs) mostly it's some type of fight with a chick, and they are just discontent, they're texting me, they're flipping out, they're doing this, they're doing that, as long as I'm cool, they're not, as soon as I, like, consume that energy, you know, it could be over a text, and we can be miles apart. As soon as I take that energy and start to reciprocate, it's like they're cool because they got it off and someone took it. And it's it, catalyst. Now I stuck with it. What? 
I was going to say it's a, like a catalyst. Totally. I've noticed it in myself and, and I've like learned to not take it anymore. Like I just won't. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's so hard to do and like kind of backtracking a little bit when you're talking about like what we're supposed to do. It totally is <clears throat> standard like conditioning. So what are we supposed to do? Because I don't know where you grew up, but I grew up boys don't cry type shit. Like not in my family because I, my, my family is pretty laid back and chill, but like in society, like boys don't cry. You don't let people try you or else you're a punk. You know what I'm saying? Like listening to rap and growing up where I grew up, it was like kind of objectifying women type stuff. So that kind of ingrained in me, not to the point where, I'm necessarily going out of my way to be disrespectful to women, but I definitely had some of that in me. Right. And just someone tries you, you try them back. Like you have to win. You have to fight. You can't be a pussy, like all kinds of shit that just gets ingrained in you. And if you don't know better and it's a whole bunch of egos around each other, no, I can't think of any mindful people in my past, like whether they were adults <laughs> or friends like nobody was just like, and if you, if I did see someone who was like, peace is the way I think he's some fucking tree hugging hippie, like, and, and I'd probably look at him as like a bitch, you know what I mean? So I don't know, like just growing up, just believing all that shit, you almost reject your spirit because you know, it's supposed to be all love, but then you walk outside and you're like, fuck, this world is ugly. Like these people, like when I walked out, my house was so loving and caring that when I walked outside and people like were fighting and hitting each other and talking shit and trying to tear each other down, I fucking scared me. I think a part of me died because I was just like, what the fuck is all this? Like, I was just not built for this world. So that's why I tried to toughen up with hanging out with my thug buddies and getting neck tattoos and shit. I'm just like, man, you got to break this fucking softness real quick because uh, you just ain't cutting it. And I never did. Like, I could never fully get into it unless I was on a lot of drugs. Like, then I would pop off at the mouth and then I would not care. My conscience wasn't there. I just, oh, you said something to me. Let's fucking go right now. Like, you know, but without the drugs, I was just, I don't know, too in touch with my spirit where I'm like, I don't want to fucking deck you in the face. Like I would if I, if someone's coming after me, but I'm not just going to attack you. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's. I've always felt it my whole life. It's weird. And that's why recovery has been nice. Cause I've actually learned to listen to it. Like I still, I, I don't kill bugs. I'll fucking pick up 30 bugs and take them outside. Like not that I'm the worst <laughs> person if I do stomp on a bug, but I mean, why? Like I just take them outside. It's not a big deal. Like I'm not a bitch for it. I'm not some little punk, but I used to think like, man, you little fucking bitch right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool that you're able to come from such a background and then now um, reach this almost level of enlightenment. Yeah, I'm still um, on my way. But I, I kind of, not like similar, but, you know, also came from a background of, you know, because as you know, I was born and raised some of my childhood in Russia and over there, the mentality, the culture is you're not allowed to feel negative feelings. 
Um, everything you're supposed to be just like happy about everything and be thankful. And, you know, if, if you're feeling sad or any sort of type of negativity, it's like you're bad for it or whatever. And then it was also, I thought thought over there, they were more blunt. Like they would just say things. No, they're blunt. They're straightforward, but it's like you, um, you're supposed to just take that, you know, and you take it and you learn to just accept it kind of thing from each other. Okay. So like, like we don't want a bunch of sulky people around here. Like you need to suck it up and yeah, you got to have thick skin. Yeah, okay. if if you do, if you dare to show that you're like upset about what's being said, it's like, oh my god, and you're a baby. You're straight up a baby. But um, and then there's also negative reinforcement that was used on kids. Um, where you know, like here in America, your parents tell you, no matter what you do, you're doing a great job. Good for you. Proud of you. But here, but over there, it was, um, like always, always pointing out what you're doing wrong so that you're constantly motivated to better yourself, to be a hundred percent, to be the best that you can be, um, never telling what you're doing well, because that means you'll relax. That means you'll stop working hard. And so, um, kind of going from that culture to American culture gave me a huge culture shock. Because I started seeing kids that were being told that they're good enough. And I was never told that I was good enough. So that made me see that, you know, I, there's something seriously wrong with me and I'm different from everybody. And I just complete an utter outcast because I suck and everybody else is good. And, um, it was, uh, it was actually extremely traumatizing and that's, one of the biggest reasons why I started escaping my mind into substances because all my mind would tell me constantly is how terrible I do everything. Um, maybe if I would have stayed in Russia and kept that mentality, I would have been fine just like everybody else when you stick to that same mentality, but going, you know, being a 10 year old girl going from that to this, it was like, whoa it was just that age where i started forming my you know whatever mental things whatever they're called but and you're going from one extreme to another you're going from a place where people are blunt cold and like using one tactic on one side of the spectrum to america where everybody's a winner and it's all good you could be whatever you want you do everything right praise 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 and they're a bunch of little fucking brats like I, I do I do think I've even seen it myself where the tactics used on you, maybe they were extreme and they could have been, you know, teamed up with a little love and support where they do work. Because my, when my manager used to come by and tell me I was doing a great job, my first instinct was, Ooh, let's take a break. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's ease up a little bit. But, you know, and not to say they'd come by and be like, you fucking suck. And I would do a great job. No, because I wouldn't. I'd almost be like, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, it would make me just throw in the towel. Like, well, fuck it. Nothing's good enough. So it is kind of like a balance. But I will say that having the criticism 
in the right way does motivate someone more than praise. Um, but yeah, like you went from one extreme to another because over here, and, and and it's probably hard on you because you, when you grow up one way, you can accept it. But when you see that that's not how other people live, it's harder to accept. You know, like growing up in the ghetto or something or growing up in a house where people were strict and and you know whatever and then you go watch something like full house or something like that and you're like man what is up with these loving families who like fucking tell each other nice things and <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you almost then you know that there's that everybody don't live the way you live and you're almost like well what the fuck then you start judging yourself and and your life and you're like well why me why why do I not deserve it? If you're especially a kid, if you're not really thinking, you know, you don't know any better. So how can you not take it personally and be like, well, something must be wrong with me if I'm getting treated like this, not knowing that, hey, your parents are just doing what they were taught to do. Or sometimes they do the opposite. Like like my mom was was not beat, but definitely disciplined a whole lot more than my aunt like my aunt never got spanked and my mom got spanked constantly my mom has never really spanked me and my aunt will straight up smack any of her kids like you know they both like flipped you know what i mean i used to be scared of my aunt i've even told her but so sometimes it's like you do what you know and what you were what was done to you and that's all you know because that's the capacity you know so it's not really their fault because they're just doing what they know, what they think is going to shape you into a good person. Or they'll do the opposite because they didn't like how it was done on them. So they will make sure they don't do that on you. But maybe they do a couple other things wrong, you know. Yeah, and like there's another thing parents do. It's like, oh, well, my mother raised me to believe that I'm the most beautiful, the best person ever and then I grow up and it turns out that I'm not and it's it, it it hurts to know that after you know living on a high horse this whole time but then that person's like oh yeah I was raised like that so that means I have to raise the exact opposite way and never tell my daughter that she's beautiful and never tell her any good things but it's like, why do us humans have to go to either side of the extremes? Right. It's either this or it's either that. Why can't we just have a balance? Because Some a balance do. works perfectly well, you know, just right in the dead center. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know? Well, I think some people do. I just think some people, you got to think like if we weren't thinking about this stuff, if we weren't giving it any more than just a baseline impulsive thought, we'd probably go from one extreme to another also without thinking of multi viewpoints, without thinking of effects of each one. People don't sit and think about all that shit. They just go, oh, I didn't like that. I'm never doing that to my kid. I'm going to make sure I do this. Do you think they're stopping to think? Well, what if all this praise makes them entitled or a brat or whatever? Like, they don't. You kind of just need to find out. Like, my first child was kind of given a lot of options early. Like, what do you want for dinner type shit? Became an entitled picky eater where he literally, like, <clears throat> he just wants what he wants and that's it. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. He won't budge. Um, so, like, my approach to parenting 
is probably different than a lot of other people's. Like, I'll let my daughter jump on the couch. I don't care. Like, I don't let her, like, just climb all over shit. But I don't really care about the couch. You want to jump on the couch, go ahead. You hurt yourself, I'm going to be like, well, maybe you won't do that again, right? You know, and I keep her out of danger. But I, I'm, I'm pretty lax on a lot of things. I let her make choices. If, when she's upset or angry, I let her be. I don't try to make her happy all the time. Like, let me just make this go away. Like, it's a problem. Feel your anger. You want to say something shitty to me? Go ahead. But don't disrespect me. Like, you're not going to disrespect me. You're not going to yell. You're not going to throw things and hit. But you can be upset. And you can tell me why. That's fine. I'm not going to be like, the parent is always right. And we're both not just humans. And I'm always right. And you're always going to be the one to listen. Because I feel like that has negative psychological effects. I'd rather her... I'd rather her be her own person, learn from her mistakes and choose to behave. Um, but someone else might look at and be like, man, your child doesn't listen or she's not like super obedient or like, I don't want an obedient child. I don't want someone. Hey, sure. It would be convenient as fuck for mm -hmm. them to just do what I say every time I say it. But I, I do I want kids who are just going to act that way in the world? Nah. Like, I don't want to call them out on all their faults, but I'm going to point out some, you know what I mean? And with my older two, maybe it's because I don't live with them and I don't get a, enough of a steady rapport, but man, they don't take any type of criticism. And I've noticed how calling them out on their faults really does not, it's not effective. So like, I don't know, my kid will just be like stuck in his ways and shit. And I, I'll be like, I'm pointing out what he's doing, but he already knows it. But he's in denial and he's trying to shift blame somewhere else. So right now I just hear him out. I ask him questions. And I'm like, hey, man, if this is who you want to be, then that's who you're going to be, man. Like, I don't say you should be like this or you should be like that. I'm just like, man, you know, you you be how you want to be. Just just this is how that's going to play out. And you make your choice. And then, he, you know, when I get enough time with him, he kind of comes back a little bit. But. He's going to be one. He's he's definitely consumed by his ego. It's not even funny. I just wish I could just implant my mindfulness into him because I could save him 20 years of fucking misery. But he's so persistent. And he, he's just going to have to figure it out on his own. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, a lot of parents, they don't see it like you do and i really like um that way of you know because a lot of parents have a codependency problem and which essentially is they like they want to make sure that you're always good you don't have any bad days you don't have any bad like my mom if i tell her that something is wrong she will lose it. She will start getting upset. She will start worrying and she will try to make me feel better, make me forget. And it's like, that's not helpful. That's not healthy. So I can't even like tell her things. I haven't ever been able to tell her many things, but, um, and she wants to, do everything for me help me with everything and it's like 
I need a girl. I mean, I've, I've literally moved out. One of the reasons why is to just kind of learn to be my own person. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just really hard. Cause you know, that codependency, you want to help, you want to do everything for the person, you know, and it's not healthy. And they think, yeah, I mean, they think they're being a good parent. They think they're doing the right thing, but right. they're not. Sometimes people just have like a, a need to fix. Like, I don't know how many times my ex would be going through something, you know, and she'd be upset and she'd be telling me, you know, she's trying to share the load. And I, I, I just go into fixing mode. Like, okay, let me tell you what mindfulness tool I have in my toolbox that helped me when I felt like that. Or let me give you some advice on this situation, how I would handle it. And there were times she's just like, I just need you to listen. Like, I don't need to be called out. I don't need to be given advice. I just need someone to listen. And it, it literally was like really hard for me to do. Like, I could not just listen and not provide input because I'd almost like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, I think with you, it's, it's that the, the whole fixing thing is part of codependency. So. Yeah, I have no doubt I have some of that in me. 